podcast for December 3rd, 2010. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the WikiLeaks Burn Book and Nail Salon, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. If we've learned anything from this whole WikiLeaks thing, it's that Diplomat is the new hairdresser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just the most – diplomats are just seem, seem to be the most catty gossips on well, the planet. I tell you, go to, any, go to any business, any government office, business, church, any organization that has more than two people working there and dump their email. Yeah. And you'll yeah. find that two people are talking about the boss in exactly that language, you know, thin-skinned prick. Yeah. Doesn't like, you know, he thinks, he thinks he's authoritarian. He thinks he's the boss of everything. He's a yeah. pussy yeah. or she. Yeah. This is not, this is not revelatory no. that people talk about egotistical world leaders in terms that are less than flattering. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see if anyone stops Julian Assange before the Bank of America hard drive yeah. is opened yeah, well, up. Yeah. I mean, we know where the real power is. It's not with. Well, if, the ambassador's office from Yemen, you know. <laughs> and if you and if you really, really want to stop people from getting a glimpse at how politics really works and how power really operates, mm-hmm. step one: go back in time several hundred years. Step two: kill Niccolo Machiavelli before yeah, he writes yeah, the prince. Right. You know, right. there's nothing. There's nothing in there that wasn't current and very clear in the Prince by Machiavelli. Nicole Bell of Crooks and Liars had a really good comment via email that. She gave me permission to share with podcast listeners, which is, you know, the latest WikiLeaks dump isn't particularly helpful. But if the government wants to tell its citizens that we have no reasonable expectation of privacy and can be suggested to email surveillance, phone surveillance, invasive x-rays when we fly, and other violations of our civil liberties, then the government needs to realize that can be a double-edged sword and cut them as well. You know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So you're going to spy on our citizenry, then – Guess what? Uh, guess what? It's gonna it's gonna come back at you, and that's well. And this is this is you know welcome to the information age. Yep. yep. You know when things are reduced to ones and zeros, it, it becomes very difficult to hold on to your your classified secret information. Yep. The idea that the entire global establishment, with you know control of major banks and governments and enough nuclear weapons to blow up half the solar system, couldn't you know stop this one hippie? Yeah. From yeah. doing this is just it, it, it's in a weird way it is very reassuring. Yeah, that yeah. the powerful are not really that powerful. If yep. you're, you know, and this guy didn't blow up a building. He didn't no. take down a plane. No. Um, and I don't approve of putting people in danger. I don't. I like the fact that you know we're out there. That I have there are troops out there protecting me and protecting my sorry civilian ass. I really do. Yeah. But I do like also, you know, I'm perfectly acceptable for me to have two conflicting thoughts at the same time. You know? <laughs> I contain legions as yeah. Uh, well, that's like abortion. I don't like abortion, but uh, I don't want people thrown in jail for doing it. You know, well, and so. if, if we had if we had a, a vigorous press, a free and aggressive investigative media that hadn't absolutely and spectacularly failed us for the All last the eight years, yeah, yeah. Um, then maybe this would be a little bit less, you know, invigorating. Yeah, but yeah. you know, let's remember that the New York Times, starting with them and working all the way down to the Washington Post, yep. absolutely screwed up on Iraq and lied to us. And, and well, and bloggers need to really us. be careful how they present this WikiLeaks stuff. In that, you know, mm-hmm. if we didn't have the Downing Street memos, 
Absolutely which, right. You know, if if you clamp down on that, then then what? Uh-huh. You know, we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drift glass. Yes, I just want to kill everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just do too. I just do too, really. I, I actually, for the first time in several months, just turned off MSNBC last night. I'm like, yeah. no, I just want to. I want to smack the president and kill the rest of them. I've just had it. I, I, I welcome to my world. Welcome to what yeah, this is what the inside of my I'm head usually, looks like. All, I'm usually all not. You're always telling me I'm a better person than you, but you are. I feel like I feel like you're having an influence on me. I'm just welcome so to the mad. dark side, Blue. Really, yes. really, and, really, and th- there's a bright line. I, I still maintain there's a bright line between cynicism and skepticism. Uh huh. And anybody who would have looked at Lincoln before Fort Sumter, yeah, and expected this guy to be, you know, the savior of the Union and a w- person willing to go through an endless war. Yep. And uh, unimaginable suffering to keep the union together and ultimately to free the slaves uh, would not have been able to draw a line between those two. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. any great sort of historic conflict, World War II, World War I, uh, the Great Depression, anything. Look at the leaders before and after. And the conflict has changed them. You mm-hmm. know, they have, you know, the, the leaders rose to meet the occasion. And right now, um, I'm holding out hope that some of our leaders are are going to be able to rise to the occasion. But I, I really have – I'm very disappointed in my president right yep. now. Very and I dis- actually had a – woke up this morning and had a revelation about Barack Obama that I want oh, to share with you. Pray tell. Pray tell. And I, I haven't even put this in the podcast notes because I really <gasps> wanted to be fresh. Okay. I wanted to let be me, fresh. Well, hold on. Let me let me man up <laughs> so I can handle it. You know, Let me put on my, my man pants. I believe that is the new parlance for uh, – Bracing myself. I'm girding my loins. Girding your loins. Yeah. There girding you go. Yeah. All right. Um, Ready? Gird. Okay, go. You and I both know, and I actually did photoshops this week of Obama as Spock, and you and I both know, and lots of people have said, that basically Obama is sort of on that high-functioning Asperger's end of the spectrum of yeah. not being emotional – Right. Being very uh, rational about things rather than getting mad, and that's very frustrating to yes. a lot of us. But along with that, and and also uh, full disclosure, Driftglass and I are very familiar with what it feels like to be on the Asperger's end of the spectrum. <laughs> I think I can speak for both of us in yes. that regard. May I? Yes, um, I think that's a fair. We've, we've talked about that before. Yeah. <laughs> Obsessive interests in you know being able to ignore everything else to the point of uh, a fault and so forth. But one of the things that people like us at that end of the spectrum often do is focus on one little detail, again, to the fault of forgetting the big picture. Yes. And I really think that the constitutional scholar, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. has this little seed in his mind – that the presidency is supposed to be weak. Constitutionally speaking, in relation to the Congress, in terms of starting legislation, yeah. and and so forth, that he's decided that, the, he's you know, he's going to return, he's going to change the way Washington works. And what he means by that is he's going to go back to a time when the presidency and the Congress were and the courts were part of this hmm. balancing act, you know, the, the three branches, pre-imperial, pre-imperial presidency. presidency. So I'm thinking this yeah. morning in my kitchen about, well, when was it 
that we sort of got this imperial presence, and I realized, oh my God, FDR. Yeah. And it, so it doing this is antithetical to the New Deal. You know, it yeah. really is. It is. Uh, it is. And and that's why we're all having such a collective freakout. It's like Revenge of the Nerds when mm-hmm. the nerd gets elected to the president of the student council, presidency of the student council. And instead of sitting down and taking over and representing the rest of us nerds and doing what we want him to do, he sits down and takes out the bylaws and says, well, you know, we really have to go by the bylaws. And the bylaws say that everyone gets a vote and we all have to work together on a consensus. Uh And we sit there and go, but wait, we elected you president because we don't want the alpha betas to have a voice in this. They're jock assholes. We're not going to, we're not, they're not going to come up with anything that's going to even resemble a reasonable answer to any of the problems we have. No, but the bylaws say we have to do it this way. So we're yeah. going to, and the collective freak out from the progressive base is, oh my God, he's well, yeah. going by the bylaws. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Now. Stop him now. We want you to be an imperial president. We oh want God, you a, to be he's strong. He's an originalist. He's a constitutional original. The first branch of government is the Congress. Yeah. And they're yeah. the ones that originate legislation. Yeah, that's and, absolutely true. And, the and as, a, as yeah. someone who came fresh out of the Senate, you know, was really in the Senate for a very short time. Yeah. He, and, and being the constitutional scholar that he is. And the, but the other thing is about this Aspie thing, this Asperger's thing is two things. One is, I think Barack Obama really has faith in America and thinks that America can survive anything. Uh-huh. We survived Reagan, but he, I think he really has fundamental faith in America to survive anything. Yeah. And so it's perfectly okay for him to conduct this experiment. And I really think it's, he's ha- he is conducting an experiment now in his head. Yes. Uh, well, he's, let's he's, go he's ahead and really do this constitutional thing of letting the Congress have more power. Yeah. And, and what, what he, what, and I, and I think he realizes that there are going to be that he, the people he's dealing with they're they're republicans you know yes well but he, there's, but, there's the fly in the ointment isn't it yeah the the fly in the ointment is they don't they want to destroy him right and he's going he doesn't care because he's going to conduct this little experiment in constitutional it's almost it's almost ironic in terms of you know the tea party always talking about defending the the original constitution yeah which to them means we only have white men for presidents, right. you know. The Second Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, and but the real constitutional else. originalist is Barack Obama. That's a very interesting revelation. And it's uh, intellectualizing it like that that distracts me from wanting to <laughs> congressional <laughs> offices. Damn it! Okay, you'll have you'll have to. Uh, I think I'm gonna have, have to, to edit that out. Yeah, you're gonna have to edit that out. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Send them a very firm letter. I'm going to send a very firm letter. Well, you know, that's I I can understand that point of view. I can even respect that point of view. Um, That you you raise a very interesting point that he is conducting his presidency as a mediator among the branches of government and as a modest, you know, confirm or deny kind of person, but he doesn't originate. Yep. And that is what the Constitution sort of generally says a president should be. Um, the only we're so thing- not used to this because know. you know when I teach middle school U.S. history, mm-hmm. it's all about who was president. You start there, of course. With U.S. history, it's like okay, and and when FDR was president, then this, 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 and this happened. You don't start with 
the great Congress people <laughs> of 1945 and how brave they were. You know, you don't that's you true. don't go there. That's, that's true. not how we think of history. Well, and so he's he's essentially gone to the you know White House basement mm-hmm. and pulled out this this 200 year old machine. Yeah. Yeah. And said, I'm going to, you know, oil it up and get it running again and make it run the way it was originally intended to run. Yeah. And I think that that's a very interesting theory. And I think we could spend probably the rest of the podcast talking about I it. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, if I'm that guy, then step one is I stop torturing people. Yeah. Step yeah. two, I close down secret prisons. Step, you know, if you really. If well, and, really, and that's it. I think that that's where he fails his own experiment. He does. He because there he, there are areas wants, that particularly during the Bush administration where presidential power just exploded. And he wants to hang on to he that. He wants to hang on to that. And, and so that is, you uh, can't have it both ways. So yeah. and nobody well and the problem when you're the boss is, you know, there's it's very rare you find someone in your you know, this is this is one of the the uh problems. No, we have stopped waterboarding, by the way. Yes, well yes. But you know, you should be putting people in prison. You should be holding people account. You should oh, yeah, yeah, general, yeah, yeah. You should have your attorney general putting people up for trial for doing for war this. crimes. Yes, you know, yes, right. Mark right. Theusen should not be on television. Mark Theusen should be testifying at the Hague about yeah. why he said it was okay to torture people. Yep. yep. John Yu should be in jail, and and that's where the constitutional argument falls down. Is because. Yeah. It, you know, it's he wants to, he continues to want to reserve for himself the most invasive imperial uh, security state aspects of the presidency. Yeah. Yep. Uh, presumably, if if you if you read good intentions into things, to protect the country, and that's yep. a perfectly fine motive. But you know, to protect the country, George Washington could have said, "I need to be your king." Yeah. Well, and, and to protect the country, why aren't we going back to the FISA courts then, which seem to uh, have worked? Uh, you know. Yes. Well, let's let's, let's use the actual court structure, huh? and again, the three branches of government include a strong judiciary, yes. which you know, well, and, includes and, unfortunately includes Clarence Thomas at this point. You know, I, so I, I understand he's if if your theory is true, and I think there's a, a lot of merit to it. There is something to be said for getting America off the imperial presidency narcotic. Mm-hmm. However. He has to do that under really unpleasant circumstances. Yeah, yeah. He has to if he if he is truly forswearing all of the FDRisms and the the the, the strong arm of the president and really just wants to make Congress work the way he's going and wants to work together with everybody. He is he has chosen the worst moment in history. Exactly, to do that. exactly. He has because he it, has. it would be as if at, you know after frankly Pearl Harbor. Uh, or after 9/11, there was, you know, there was. Let's all sit down and talk about, you know, rationally. Um, how how can we get? How can we? How can we make this work for us? No, we need right now. We need decisive action on a yep. lot of things that require someone to use the bully pulpit. To quote another mm-hmm. uh, Roosevelt, to use the bully pulpit of the presidency to drive the debate. Yep. Um, to, st- to use his very considerable rhetorical skills to influence people, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that he could be doing. I mean, if he wants to to forswear the actual <clears throat> um, levers of power that he doesn't he doesn't think he should be, that's fine. Be the Roosevelt who who went on, you know, the fireside chat Roosevelt. Right. right. Be the person who gets on the air every week, not on the radio, but on television, and fiercely frames the debate. Yep. Be unafraid to tell. You know, like Roosevelt. Tell Congress did, what what their role is. Up. Yeah, 
Yeah. And tell the and tell bankers and 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 capitalists like Roosevelt did that he welcomes their hatred. Yep. Um, because they're wrong. Be you know be that's fine. Be a constitutional originalist, but also be a moralist. Yep. Be be the moral man who stands up and says what you are doing, Mitch McConnell, is just fucking wrong. You can do it. You can hold us hostage. That's your right as a congressperson. But you are just fucking wrong for doing it, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to stand here and pretend you're not. Yep. And let Congress do what Congress does. But too often, frankly, you know, he has let the House members walk the plank for him. Yeah. He set up debates where he really needed to be in the room, or at least really needed to be pushing. Mm-hmm. And this this sort of passive imperial or passive constitutional approach to presidenting left an awful lot of his people out there swinging in the wind. Yep. And that is, you know, you are you are yes, you're the president. You're also the leader of the Democratic Party. Yeah. And yeah. the Democratic Party believes certain things, and you can't separate those two. Well, and I wonder if. This non-imperial presidency can really accomplish anything and do battle with the incredible greed well, that, exactly. that has taken over our country. Exactly. This is why Teddy Roosevelt did what he did. You know, the, the government needs to be, you know, to, to boil down the entire trust-busting history of the United States into one sentence, which is yeah. horribly unfair. You know, the government needs to be just big enough to be a counterweight to – um, the excesses of capitalism yeah. and cronyism yeah. Yeah. and and private wealth and power. Yep. And it need, it, it needs to be big enough to do that. Yep. And that's the alternative def- is that the vacuum of power will be filled by corporations uh, and every as single we, time. As absolutely, we, as, as we are is. living through right now. Yep. Yes. And you yep. cannot escape the fact that the, this country is organized in such a way that if the government you know backs off. And becomes, you know, uh, just happened during the Bush administration, happened during the Reagan administration. It happened during the fucking Clinton administration when he deregulated the banks and deregulated the communication industry. Those things are all horribly bad ideas that led to really awful results because mm-hmm. the government stepped away from its counterweight responsibility. It's, 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 it's job of being the guide rails or goalposts or the referee in this mm-hmm. fight mm-hmm. and said, well, you know, just let the marketplace do what it does. Yeah. And and here we are, including with NAFTA. I mean, yeah. international trade, same thing. Mm-hmm. Horrible. So you know, I'd, I'd love for you know, I'd love for it, be, I'd love for it to be as simple as you know, our problem is we have grown addicted to an imperial presidency, and we need to you know get the country on some sort of you know constitutional methadone to but, wean us off of but that. We ha- but the problem too is that we have had many many decades where it really didn't matter. Uh-huh. Who was elected to Congress, and so people could elect crazy people to Congress, yes, and and ideologues and their own little personal bailiwick crazy issue people to the uh-huh. Congress, and irresponsible people to the Congress, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden, if we're going if we're going to go this route, it matters very much that the people and and you've said you know maybe they will rise to the occasion. Uh-huh. I kind of doubt it, yeah. but. Yeah. You know, the idea that all of a sudden, oh, wow, if it's going to be an equal branch of government to the executive, mm-hmm. it, you've got to you've got to elect as smart a person and as selfless a person yeah. to your yeah. congressional district as you do to the White House. It becomes that important. Well, and, and I don't and, see how we'll ever get there on and that, we have, in that regard. 
and and the truth of the matter is that we now have a fourth branch of government called Fox News. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That Quite they never had to contend with. There was always, you know, there were there were slanderous newspapers and terribly vicious ads and terribly vicious campaigns when when Jefferson was running and the things they call Lincoln. I can't even repeat, and I'm a potty mouth. Yeah, but yeah. but. You never had in this country, you know, you had it a little bit under Hearst, of course, but you never had this massive multimedia empire with a clear political economic agenda that was, that was explicitly anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-democracy, pro-plutocracy, sitting smack in the middle of your country, driving the fucking agenda. And nobody will, and and that's. And a party that's been dumbed down enough to believe everything that they're told. Yeah. That is simply, that is simply a, like the Depression or like Pearl Harbor, Mm -hmm. that is simply a fact of life that the President of the United States has to wrap his fucking head around. Yeah. And not sit back and say, well, I'll let Congress do what Congress does and the courts will do what they do and I'll just be the moderate man in the middle. Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. that day may come in the future. That'd be great. I'd love to live in that country. Yep. That's not the country I live in now. No, I live in a country not. that's broke and mm-hmm. that owes China a gazillion dollars and where unemployment is staying at, let's face it, 20%. It's yeah. not really 10. It's, it's yeah. closer to 20. Yep. We've gutted our manufacturing base where we're falling into a hole that we might never get out of. And we really need you to be aggressive, decisive, and highly moral in your arguments. Yep. Or else we're screwed. And you have to rise to that occasion, Barack Obama. Yeah, And if you don't, we're in a lot of trouble. And let me ask you, because we're at 25 minutes already, and this has been a really good podcast. Yeah. But let me just ask you something, because I was thinking about this last night when uh, Jon Stewart was making fun of Glenn Beck. (laughs) I saw that. Yeah, yeah, he he reached out to put the Glenn Beck glasses on, and then he just went, oh, fuck it, it's not even worth it anymore. And he just tosses them aside. At what point... You know, and I said to someone on email last night, you know, it may have to get a whole lot worse before it gets better in terms yeah. of waking yeah. people up. Well. But when Glenn Beck goes after this food bill, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, it's funny, I was looking up because um, I hadn't heard anything except from my own mouth about the Tea Party this week. Have you? What happened to the Tea Party uh. people? They've just gone completely silent. Well, the, you know, Rupert Murdoch turned off the switch. Exactly, he turned off the, you know. And and they're all on vacation because well you know the election's over so they're we won. Yay, the we platform won. was just to get you we're, the Tea Party was just to get you guys in yeah. and make everybody forget about Bush and we're done so yeah, but I went over to some Tea Party websites I actually did you know anyone uh-huh. looking at my web history would be seeing lots of Tea Party links on my on my web history yeah. and the uh, the only thing that any of them had up was this horrible. SB 510, which is strengthening the FDA. Yes. <laughs> to actually be able to inspect <laughs> food, poop, poop farms of hogs, you know, yes. more than more than once every two years, and yes. and actually shut them down. Actually, and actually shut them down hard. if they've got feces in the hot dog. You yes. know, come on. And according, and according to Glenn Beck, this is the seventh seal. This is yeah. This is yeah, you know, it's about Armageddon. starvation. It's about starvation. Yeah, yes. you know. The government is going to starve you now because you won't be able to eat pig shit <laughs> in your him, food. You know, he came and, up on a pale horse and behind him, federal food regulation. Honestly, you know? honestly. And and, and and but what I wanted to say about that is that what they're they're I believe and and I'd like your thoughts on this as we close. But mm-hmm. at what point does it just get to the point where it's so bad that people actually turn off Glenn Beck? Where in their own personal lives, you know, where 
I get laid off this week, just as some example, and, and people have gotten laid off this week. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're a Glenn Beck viewer and you get laid off and your industry, you're in the auto industry or whatever industry you're in, your industry is having a p- big problem. Right. And Glenn Beck has a Soros puppet show on his show talking about, you know, yes. things that are totally unrelated to my problem and my experience. Oh, but no, they're not blue cap. Yeah, see. No, and no, see, this is the no, thing. It, how how mesmerized do you have to be? And actually, I, I've answered my own question because yeah. – Well, how many I've, Catholics do you know that leave the church? Yeah. They never yeah, leave the church, right. This is Exactly. And this is what these people are. But they are. go off and, and, and take birth control and do whatever they want to do with their lives. Yeah. But at the same but they time, still, they believe. They still believe. Yeah. Yeah. They still go to confession. They still yeah. they still uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, eat the wafer, drink the wine, and yep. they still you know look the other way when the priest is screwing the kids, yeah. or they yeah. somehow find it in their heart to forgive the church because that was just one guy or two guys or twenty guys or seventy guys or a thousand yeah. guys, right, right, right. Because that's what religion is. Well, and, and, and it's, in, it's interesting faith. you should put it that way. There was a, a story before the election about this cop who was. <laughs> Someone was interviewing a cop about, oh, and the government this and the government that, and the go- and it's like this guy is a government employee, you know. Right. no connection. <laughs> and there's going to be cops, there's going to be police layoffs in his city. But he, oh, the government this, the government that, it's all bad, it's all bad. The government well, takeover of healthcare, and the government this and the government. And they said, well, what do you think? How do you think we ought to fix this problem? Well, the government's got to do something to create jobs. Yeah. But, and they don't see the disconnect at all, as you say, they, between. And they never will. They never, yeah. the, the, that yeah. part of you know the, the guy you sent me this wonderful link where Anderson Cooper just disassembled oh, yeah. a, a Texas birther. lawmaker, Texas birther, yeah, you know yeah. who was this veteran, um, gray hair, silver hair. You see him on the street, you assume he's a good banker, member yeah. of the Chamber of Commerce, and probably has a low golf score. Yep. You know this guy looks like looks like every fucking Republican you've ever met in your life. Yep. But he opens his mouth, and the most unbelievable torrent. Of yeah. paranoid lunatic crap comes pouring out of it, and Anderson Cooper on camera just took this guy apart. And said, "But, but see, the poll you're quoting is the poll from my network, and I'm holding it in my hand." And, and you what you just said was wrong. wrong about it, factually and, wrong. Yeah, and you see this guy's eyes just darting all over the camera. He yeah. can't look in the camera, but he's he's consulting his paranoid little notes, and he's a birther. Mm-hmm. And multiply him by twenty million, and you just and that is the problem with this country. Yeah. No one's one's shown me Barack Obama's birth certificate, and it's like, yeah, but have you ever seen George Bush's birth certificate? Well, I can see that on the Internet. Oh, wait, but it's not good enough to see Barack Obama's birth certificate on the Internet five times 500. You know, really that crazy. Yeah. We make we make a pro, we make the mistake of treating people who are still conservatives. You're still a conservative Republican after the Bush years, after the yeah. Clinton years. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're then you're a cultist. You're a member yeah. of a church. It is a cult. Yeah, it is and, a church. And yeah. So, answering your question, how do you get people out of a cult? And the answer is you destroy the cult. Yeah. Because no matter what happens, you know, every fucking Armageddon cult in the world always predicts the world's going to end on June first. Then June first comes and goes. And well, a few with people our leave. prayers that prevented yes, it from ending. Yes, our prayers prevented it. And, or, or there was a rounding error in my yeah, in my little yeah. in my little calculus here, and it's going to happen two years from now. Right. Those right. people are just their brains are simply wired wrong. Yep. And they and then there's 27, 29, whatever Bush's popularity numbers were before he left. Thirty percent of this country is just that way. Yep. They're a member of that church. Yeah. And and you can't get them out of there. And and however horrible their life gets. That is how many. That is how much more fiercely they will cling to their faith. Mm. 
And the the worse it gets, the more they'll watch Glenn Beck because that's yeah, that's the, what's that, going to different. keep them safe. Yeah, yeah. that's just going to keep them safe. Yeah. And so and so this idea of a mediating, moderating president and appealing to reason and why aren't people you know skewing their arguments this and that? These people are not persuadable. No. There's simply no combination of words that are ever going to, as I said once before, make them grow opposable thumbs and climb out of the stupid mm-hmm, tree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So given that's a fact, a simple f- central fact of our culture, then what do you do? Yeah. And that that making that leap is something that this White House clearly is not capable of doing. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. This is what really sums it all up, which is, okay, Barack Obama, you're going to have your little constitutional experiment, uh-huh. and your presidency is going to fail. Right. And, and, and he's like, willing to take that risk, apparently. Well, and like the currency government or the Weimar Republic, mm-hmm. it'll fail really well. You'll really follow well, all the yeah. rules. It'll be mm-hmm. a great democratic experiment. Yeah. And the hardcore Bolsheviks, which is what these people are, the hardcore, true-believing, not afraid to um, lie, cheat, and steal to get their way, people will bulldoze over you like you weren't even there. Mm-hmm. Well, let's not end f- – with this with with no prescription for our listeners as to no. where to well, go with that, with all of that. I, I always like to leave people with a little sense of hope. Yes. Just where's the hope, Driftglass? <laughs> Good luck with that, Blue Gal. Good luck with that. Well, and um, what, there's two options here. One is go kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and the Oof. other and the other seems to me. And and I want to find a middle ground here between mm-hmm. wanting to kill everyone and becoming completely insular. And going off and knitting socks and reading Sherlock Holmes and, you know, yeah. turn off NBC permanently forever and just go away from well, that. And I want well, a middle ground there where you know, well, let me, let me tell you, keep let up me give the good you, fight. First of all, I'd like to celebrate. We are, we are approaching our 100,000th our listen. 100,000th listener. Right. That's just a stunt. Yes. Well, listen, individual listen. Now, there might be more than that. People might have MP3'd and passed it to their friends, so it might yeah. be a million. But <laughs> according to our statistics, we're approaching our 100,000th listen, which you know, half of that, I grant you, is my mom. But 50,000 <laughs> is still very impressive. So let me talk, if you, if you don't mind, for one minute about the best employment program you never heard of. Sound good? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Here's my prescription for – I can't, I can't save the country. You know, I don't have that kind of power. Uh, but I feel personally responsible for at least trying to propose solution. There's a wonderful program called in Illinois. It's called Putting Illinois to Work or Put Illinois to Work, and it started off life as a summer program, but it basically takes unemployed people and says within some very broad parameters um, that are written into the regulations, um, you can you can go to a potential employer. And work there, and the government will pay ten bucks an hour to that employer to subsidize your employment. So you want to go work at uh, a greenhouse. You want to go work um, um, uh, as a bricklayer. You want to go work someplace. You go to that employer and say, "Look, you get me for free for three months. The government will pay ten bucks an hour, my salary, plus they'll cover all your insurance costs." In that period of time, this started off as a summer jobs program, but it's actually a really smart, good. Uh, intelligent use of tax dollars because what it does is it gives you, the unemployed person, a real job. It gives you a salary. Mm-hmm. Plus, it gives you the chance to network on that job and show that employer in a way that's fairly risk-free that you are a good employee yeah. and they should take yeah. risk on you. Because, you know, let's face it, getting hired is like getting married, except there's a whole lot less preparation and a whole lot more consequences. <laughs> 
so rather than you know two job interviews and an online resume, you have the ability to really demonstrate your uh, value to the organization over the course of many, many months. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, it does. And and again, work is getting done. It is tax money that goes to support this, but it is one of the most intelligent uses of tax monies I've ever heard of. Yeah. Now, that program is – let's think about all the things that program does well. It is small business friendly. Yeah. It yeah. gets people you – know, it, it debunks the argument that unemployed people are lazy and don't want to go to work. You know, to qualify for this program, you got to be unemployed and you got to go to work every day and you have to fill out a timesheet and you have to do a bunch of other things, yep. none of which are too onerous. Plus, it takes, again, it takes a sting out of hiring someone because if it doesn't work out, you're not stuck with someone that you have to then go through a long process to get rid of. Mm-hmm. It is, mm-hmm. it is every good thing you could imagine an employment program could be and none of the bad things. Yep. And in Illinois, um, it runs out in January. Okay. Um, okay. It, it, it ran out. Nationwide in well, I know I know something about that program, and, and it, you had to work at least thirty hours a week. Yeah, it was a real job. You it was know? a real it was job, a- and also um, they had way more applicants than they had jobs available. Oh They're yeah, really, oh hell yeah, oh, like everywhere else, just a hugely oversubscribed program. Yeah, and, and there were some weird restrictions. I mean, I, listen, there were not they weren't unreasonable, but you couldn't, for example, go to work for the government. On this dime yeah, right. because you, you, your supervisor had to be, I think, like a private sector person. So you couldn't use government money to pay for government-funded employment, which is perfectly fair. There were some other things about you know, some oddball shit. You couldn't you know, go to work at an aquarium yeah, or at a yeah. beach or some oddball stuff like that. But other than that, this, is, this was a really, really smart program mm-hmm. that benefited you – know, Was it part the, of the stimulus it was. <laughs> actually, <laughs> How did I know? Of, actually, I think it was part of the temporary assistance for needy families. But okay. you know, the, this, the stimulus was this hot, the horribly marketed hodgepodge of twenty different programs, um, which was never, each of which could have been marketed well, but they got, all got lumped together. So when one program fails, you get to blame the entire stimulus package. Um, but it, it was it was a genius program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked perfectly well. It it kept a lot of people. You know, it got a lot of people jobs. A lot of the people got permanent jobs out of it. But I'll bet most people never heard of it. Yeah. So my subscription, my prescription for hope is this is a program where government acted intelligently, invested tax dollars in people who wanted to work, was chamber of commerce friendly, local chamber of commerce friendly, and very pro small business. Those sorts of programs are where, if there are any reasonable people left in the center or on yeah, the right, it was pro business. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was totally pro business, and it was it was a real sense that look, we get the fact that you're struggling, we get the fact that you can't take a risk during the Great Recession to hire somebody um, because you're really we're asking you to step out on a limb. So we're going to make it easier for you to try and fail mm-hmm. and try again. We're going to diminish your risk, and we're going to put a lot of really good people. You know, in your organization, so that they can do the work that we know you need to get done. And it was it it, it so on a national level, I think you know Mitch McConnell is just going to be an asshole, and Republicans yeah. are going to hold Americans hostage. And and he's put it in writing. Mitch McConnell has simply said very clearly, unless you give me my tax cuts for billionaires, screw you if you're unemployed. Yeah, yeah. Screw the Start Treaty. I'm going to bring this country to its fucking knees. Yeah. Until I get until my sponsors, my billionaire backers get their tax cuts. Yep. Period. Yep. 
And if that doesn't make you angry, then you don't have any business living in this fucking country. Yep. So that's the national level. But at the local level, there really are some things. There are places where government and private sector <laughs> and education, people on, on, on the on – the, because at the local level, you actually have to govern. You actually have to fill in potholes and you actually have to trim trees and you actually have to run schools. So where policy meets the road, you can actually find alliances between people who would normally not be friendly to each other to accomplish really specific things mm -hmm. like getting people into jobs for a few months so that they can get work done, get a little money in their pocket and take the sting out of, out of hiring them. Yep. Those sorts of programs. Keep your eye out for those sorts of programs because so that's places where you can build alliances among reasonable people who differ but are definitely honorable and of good faith. Anyway, that was a long splurge, but that <laughs> wanted to end on hope. Blue yeah, Gala is the best I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and I think I think we do have to keep the faith. And yeah, I agree. It, it may be that this president fails, and I'm praying for him and yeah. trying to remember that God loves Republicans too, and will show them the light. <laughs> but it sure is hard. <laughs> and this president has said on at least 500 occasions, "You need to hold me accountable." We are. You need to push me. You need Get to your hold your head me. out of your Asperger's ass. So, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. This can't yeah. be an experiment. We don't. This is a time when we can't afford your little Aspie experiment, Mr. President. There. Oh, no. oh look what I just did. <laughs> I just told the president to get his head out of his ass. Well, he needs to. Well, yeah. And because we want you to succeed. Yeah, we do. Not because we don't like you. Not because no, on the, on the contrary. Yeah, we really want you yeah, to succeed. Yeah. But we we're like as with Iraq. You know, crit criticisms of Iraq had nothing to do with wanting this country to fail. No. It was the fear of the, of how horribly wrong things were going. It's us trying to stop you from driving off a cliff. Yeah. That's all we're doing. We're trying to warn you in the only way that's left open to us since we don't have a program called Meet the Press at our disposal. And we can't get you to sit down with us like you'll sit down with David Brooks. Yeah. We're trying to tell you you're heading off a cliff. There's a way to avoid it, but you really have to pull your head out of your aspy ass, Mr. President. Mm -hmm. You really do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On that note, <laughs> we're gonna, we, I, I really want to title this "Get Your Head Out of Your Aspy Ass, Mr. President," <laughs> but I don't think we'll be able to do that. <laughs> well, a dollar sign, dollar sign. How's that? That'll <laughs> skip us right on past the Buzzsprout corn filter. Uh, yeah. Well, Blue Gal, would you like we want to thank our listeners. We sure do. You guys are great. We had great feedback to our Thanksgiving show. We'll be doing more of that. I, I'm not. We're not quite sure whether we're going to start doing a letters feature every week at some point or have more letters shows. We'll decide that later. But you can write to us, and we love hearing from you. Our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can listen to past episodes with no download and no registration for free. Uh-huh. And we are also on iTunes. We love our iTunes listeners. Thank you for rating and reviewing our show on iTunes, if you listen there. At our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, there is an opportunity, and it's a real bargain, too, to pitch five bucks in the hat and help us keep this podcast going. We really appreciate your financial support, as well as your letters and listenership. And as you said earlier, we're about to hit 100,000 listens total. And we've yeah. only been at this since February. So yeah, good for thank us. you. Yeah. Thank you, people, for yeah. sharing this and emailing your friends and email contacts. We appreciate all that. And, and at five bucks a pop, Lugel, I believe that makes us half millionaires. So 
Not quite. So, so, so whatever you do, President Barack, Aspie ass Obama, please, please don't raise our taxes. Don't raise our half million dollar a year debt, if only. Yeah. Yeah. But those people that do pitch five bucks in the hat, we really appreciate. We really, really. We know do. how hard times are. We really, personally, we uh-huh. personally know how hard Sweet times good. are. So, thank Sweet you. Good. How are the internet kitties doing the internet kitties are, are sanguine you know their advice to me is look look back to ancient egypt drift class and notice that cats will outlast you all podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Drift Glass Blue Gal Podcast.